Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. Beautiful. Beautiful, Scott. That is just beautiful. Beautiful. So good to have Tom back in the house. We have not had Tom on for a few weeks. It's uh, a new year, and uh, we are very excited about a fabulous topic today. If if any of you ever remember Dave Letterman, which our millennial audience may not, Tom, they may Dave not remember. Letterman. I'm so young. I'm I mean, so young, Scott. I don't remember Dave oh, Letterman. Yeah, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> because this top 10 list that you're going you're gonna to take us through today is inspired by Mr. Dave Letterman. Um, and we'll try to be as humorous as he was. Well, maybe we'll just try to be more helpful than he was yeah. how about that <laughs> don't, don't, don't put don't don't put me under that kind of pressure scott i can't i can't handle it i can't i can't be dead all right well we'll go for helpful then how about that yeah, so helpful let's focus on helpful i can let's help, I think. for those who sell for a living this will be helpful um but but first tom because of the show being called ales with aslan we got to talk about what ale we're drinking what do you got there mm. I have a frothy mug of Nespresso. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> heard of that brewery. Oh, yeah. But I'm going Nespresso today. And we're, we're authentic people, Scott. So yes, I'm not making it up. I'm not no. coming up with some fake beer that I'm drinking when I'm actually drinking Nespresso. Good for you. Good having for a little, you. I needed a little punch today. Now, uh, is this a New Year's resolution that we're going coffee only or no? This is just no, it was an intervention. Intervention. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of us on Ales with Aslan have been through that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's just uh, just not in the mood today. Honestly. Okay. That's totally understand that. We've actually had a cup we've, of coffee. Cup of, it's, a, it's a cold, rainy day here in Atlanta. Yeah. And you are not the first guest to opt mm -hmm. out of the of the uh, the beverage no. and and select something non-alcoholic. That is absolutely legal. Uh, okay, I, on the legal. other hand, um, am going to go with something. Um, from Florida, actually, a German-style wheat beer that's mm. full on flavor and light on the palate. This is a mm. funky Buddha. Brewery. Oh, I've heard of funky Buddha. Yeah, the Floridian is the is the beer that we're having today. It's got banana, citrus, and clove flavors in its profile. Uh, for those that are keeping up with the IBU uh, that we talk about more and more, the International Bitterness Unit, this only oh, has that's twelve. That's I did. That's what IBU means. Yes, and Tom, uh, I've been told by some of our core listeners that mm -hmm. they like to keep it under twenty-five. So this one you're going to like, folks. This twelve IBU, five point mm -hmm. two ABV, with a nice orange color. That's what you're mm -hmm. gonna. You're gonna. I'm enjoy. sold. I'm yeah. sold. Yeah, we're gonna have to, have to uh, get you a six pack to uh, to try out. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful. Yeah, very tasty. I had a nice porter last night with the little coffee, little coffee porter. Oh, so that's what uh, they're I don't remember the name, I, or I would, have, I, would, I would sell it to our listeners. And it was, I think it was a local brewery in Atlanta. I think yeah. it's called Cherry Street. I loved it. Excellent. You well, turned me on to the porters. You left, one in my, uh, you left one in my house one time, and I, I drank them. Like, I'm like, oh, that is amazing. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's different. Yeah. Like, I, it's not an everyday thing, but for, you know, interesting. The gateway drug to Guinness. It is. Well. Yeah. It is for sure. Well, good. So we've got this idea, folks, of a top 10 um, ways to help improve closing rates in 2021. And so, Tom, you know, I know uh, you meticulously spent time putting this together. And so I want to give each of these their, their, uh, their due. Um, but let's start with the first. What's the, I guess it'd be the 10th, right? So we're going to go in reverse 10, order. Number 10, yeah. Num number and 10 counting down to the most yeah. important one, okay? Yeah, and I, I, you know, we could debate, and I'll just, I'll just uh, 
throw something out there to hopefully to, to hook everybody into the end. But we we can debate about the importance of of the of uh, ten through two, if you will. Okay. But I'm convinced that the number one number one tip for being successful in 2021 is the number one tip. All right. So that's an so effective don't, tease. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. hang on for that one. I'm, con- I'm convinced of you it. Just, you just guaranteed everyone listening will yeah. be here in, th- in Number one, it is, it is. And I actually think number one is the number one driver for success for everybody. If you can do, if I could taste, based on what I've learned in, in, in being in, in sales for now, what, 35 years, and probably true in all careers, number one is number one. Okay. Like I want to say, do this one thing to, to be, get better at what you do and be more successful. This is the number one thing that I think is consistent among all top performers. Excellent. So how's that for a teaser? That's a huge tease and, mm-hmm. and people are just on the edge of their seat. But we'll start with number 10. So what's number 10, the 10th best uh, tip for Tenth improving closing tip. rates? In number 10. Do we have music? Number 10, and this is going to sound a little bit like uh, kind of a 60s thing, but I'm going to say chill. Is that 60s? Maybe is that 70s? Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So a lot of people are anxious because of what we've been through. There's just so much negative. Yeah. Right. We all are getting it, right? There's negative political negative. There's, you watch the news every night. It's negative. And, and here's what happens. When we, when we get anxious, we get self-centered. And we, we are not as productive and we don't think clearly. We underperform. Yeah. Right. So um, what we need to do is just step back and say, okay, this happens about every 10 years. There's a major disruption <laughs> in the so economy true. every yeah. 10 years. Yeah. And I've been through four of them, I think. Uh, I've seen at least four of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, it lasts a year and this might be a little bit different. It's always unprecedented. And there's always people selling fear as a way to get us excited and amped up. And the people that are successful, and I've I've met with a ton of them lately. I've been interviewing a lot of sales leaders, a lot of sales reps, and there are people hitting their number, right? And there are people killing it and crushing it. And there are people that aren't. And so what we need to do is step back and chill. When I get amped up or worried about a deal or an opportunity or anything. I just don't perform well. I get self-centered. I start thinking about me. I'm not free to serve. My mind locks up and I can't perform. So chill. We need to chill. chill. It's going to work out and enjoy your role. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're making me think like, what were the four economic disasters? But like, I remember the one in the late seventies, I would have been, I don't know, in my early teens or even younger when the two hour gas lines to try to get gas for your car because of mm-hmm. the oil embargoes and stuff like that. So yeah, we've been through at least back to that's the last one. You, you keep know. going, you can keep going to the sixties and fifties. Yeah. I mean, every, it really, it's the, every 10 the, years, the forties yeah. happens. When I first got into sales, the stock market dropped in half in yeah. one day. Yeah. One day, the whole market, that'd be like tomorrow we wake up in the stock market went from 30,000 to 15,000. Right, it dropped fifteen hundred points, two or three thousand points, like back in March. And by the way, it's all climbed back. Yeah. Like here's the people, the people that are like chill. They bought stock. They're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, and that's I'm not trying to promote people buy stock, but the point is, we all live in cycles. This happens. This is bad, and I get it. And it's always different. We never had it before. You know, when the dot com bubble burst, that was where we were going to have Y two K, and then we were going to have. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what was the last one? Um, the oh, the uh, failed in 2008. 
I was going to say the, the, yeah, the real estate crisis. 9 11. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm, I am not, and I think it's important to say, I'm not saying that we should, we shouldn't care about what's happened to our loved ones or be cautious or safe. But the point is, we've got to step back and do what we can do. You know, there's a circle of concern and a circle of, 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 of control. What is it? It's a circle of influence or circle of control. Is yeah, it's what you can control. Yeah. There's what you care about. A Covey talked about it and I can't yeah. re exactly remember. Um, but basically just focus on what you can do and what you control. What you can control. Don't think about what you can't control. I forgot his labels for that. But That's you really have good. Seven habits, beautiful book, highly yeah. recommended. Yeah. And, and by the way, to just close out number 10, since we were talking about 70s terms, I'm just going to end it with that's far out. That is far <laughs> out, Tom. <laughs> chill. Chill. I'm not sure chill. It came from. I don't know, where that came I don't know if that was where that, that came from. Chill, man. That I still remember terrible. John Denver saying far out all yeah, the time. Far out. Yeah, that's 70s. That's, that's the 70s. 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Nice all call. right, let's keep going. Let's go to number nine. Give it to us. Number nine, improve your virtual IQ. Hmm. Okay, that's our term for becoming more virtual intelligent. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, this has been going on now almost a year. We're all right. in Zoom meetings. I'm still seeing people with weird camera angles, bad cameras, bad lighting, not knowing how to lead a meeting, don't have two cameras set up, don't have two screens set up, don't know how to kick off a meeting, don't know how to manage a meeting, don't know how to use multiple platforms. There's just a lot that needs to happen. And... Um, I think it's easy for us to just keep doing what we're doing. Change right. is hard. That makes sense. Um, but we've got it. We've got it because this is here to stay. Every leader I'm meeting with, I say, what percentage of, when I'm talking to a field sales force, by the way, yep. I say, what percentage of, of your meetings were virtual prior to the pandemic? And they'll say 5%. Yep. Right. Now they're a hundred percent. I said, after the pandemic's over, what percentage of your meetings will still be virtual? And they think 35%. I'm hearing that over and over and again. So this is here to stay. We need to have zoom. People have gone, you know what, we can do business this way. So we want you to, you know, we want to meet more like this rather than fly yeah. to our, our, you know, whether it's your company or their company, I think this is here to stay to some degree. So, so we got to, we got to up our game and um, you know, we have a lot of resources, Scott, you probably can talk about that. Absolutely. There's a lot of resources out there that are free. Well, and, and you know, it's funny, like I'm, I'm living this right now because I am not at the Ailes with Aslan studios where I normally is. I'm in a different spot today and oh, I had to Ailes check the bandwidth. Studio. Yeah, I had to check the bandwidth. And, you know, just, just that simple thing of, of doing running a speed test, you just type speed test into Google and you run that first box and it tells you exactly what your upload and download speeds. Right. And if you're not getting 15 up and 15 down, this kind of conversation gets really garbled, right? So. Right. You've got to make sure that your technology is in line for what you're trying to accomplish, especially when you're talking to clients. Um, so, but tons of resources, Tom, you brought it up. Like you, you wrote a great ebook, The Five Colossal Challenges of Selling Virtually is a great, a great place to start. Episode 70 of the podcast we talked about, um, Mark and I talked about some of these virtual hints, tips and tricks to just distinguish yourself a little bit differently from those that are not making the effort, right? And of course, dozens of blogs. Um, no question, you'll find Tom, anything you need on our on our on our blog portal. You just reminded me of a of a great video uh, done by a guy named John Acuff. Um, I think it's J O N Acuff A C U F F. He's it's called the Ten Worst Zoom Habits. Ooh, and it's it's funny, but he basically just walks you through and demonstrates what they are. I love that, and it's. Uh, but just stop for a minute 
Yeah, and I think that's mainly the issue. People know they need to do it, but it's you got to practice. Um, you you've got to stop and say, I'm going to spend time working on my craft rather than than just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Absolutely. Well, John Acuff, I'm going to look look that up. Yep. I want to see that. I'm always looking to be entertained. Great. All writer. right, number eight. What do we have for number eight? Number eight. Examine your sales process. All right. Right. So if you're if you're again a face-to-face -face seller and now you're 100% virtual, and even if you're an inside sales rep, mm -hmm. and I've always been 100% um, selling remotely or over the phone or, or virtually, however you want to talk about it, um, now's a good time to examine your sales process. And the first question I would ask is, and this is what I, I, I always look at when I work with an organization and I start to dive into their sales process, is it customer-centric? Mm -hmm. In other words, is the process that you have in place built around what you need to do to advance the opportunity? That's a self-centered process. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's two purposes of your sales process. It's either the number one purpose of your sales process is to help the customer make the best decision. Yep. So if your process is built around, hey, these are the steps that you need to go through to make the best decision, it's really easy to advance the opportunity. If your sales process says, here's how we'd like to move you through so we can see if it's qualified, yeah. the customer's not very motivated to follow that process. Um, so the first thing I would say is, is now that it's more difficult to advance opportunities, um, we need to look at our process and see, okay, do we, not that you can change it, maybe the labels can't change, but you can think, okay, these are the steps, and what, how can I position each one of these steps in a way that's beneficial to the customer so I can communicate, hey, here's what I'd like to do next, and here's what we've seen as the best way to help the customer, you know, learn about our solution or assess this, this type of solution or solve this problem. Um, uh, the other thing I would say about that is, is you may have to change one of the steps. Yeah. You know, you may have to look like for us, our process was very much, let's go on site. Right. We're going to do an assessment. We're going to spend time and then make a recommendation, but we can't do that anymore. Right. We yeah. had to, you know, we had to, and there's a lot of consequences that we don't need to talk about here about not doing that. So we had to change our process to adjust to the, to this new reality. Yeah. And um, it took us a minute. Sure. I mean, I, I would just, it's, you're making me remember uh, a podcast that we did not too long ago, but a blog that we wrote very recently. I think it might've even come out uh, this mm -hmm. week about the buyer's process has changed so dramatically because of COVID right. that selling processes are absolutely having to change to, to fit that. And if you are a customer centric or another centered seller, um, you recognize that and you, and you adjust to their needs, not your right. own, right? Which I think makes exactly sense. Exactly right, exactly right. Excellent, all right. We keep rolling. We are down to number seven on the top 10 improving closing rates for 2021 list. Let's go to seven. Number seven, create three word pictures. Mm, I love this. One. Okay, so here's what I mean. And obviously the number three doesn't really matter, but it's, yeah. it's you, you need more than one. It's more than one. I don't know if sure. you need five. Yeah. So let's just land on three. And here's yeah. what I mean by word pictures. Word pictures are analogies to help the customer understand something that, they, they, that they're confused about, right? So you, you leverage something they do understand to explain something they don't understand. Totally. Yep, you know, for sense. example, uh, here's a simple word picture uh, that someone used on me a couple of years ago. I, I, I walked outside of a, of a workshop I was delivering in Liverpool and a guy was vaping. Yeah. And I was kind of curious. I'm just, I'm seeing all these people vape and I, 
I don't really understand it. And I'm, I mean, I get that it's not smoking, but it's kind of smoking. That's all I know. So I just, yeah. you know, strike. I said, what is vaping? I said, what's, what's up with vaping? Is it good? Is it is it enjoyable? Is smoking? He goes, he goes, have you ever tried turkey bacon? <laughs> and I said, yes. He goes, not as good as bacon, but it's kind of close. I said, he goes, I go, yeah. He goes, that's vaping. I'm like, got that it. Brilliant. That is yeah, so in a, in literally, so here's, what's cool about that. He explained, he, the whole example was built around me. Yeah. I know the difference between turkey bacon and bacon, mm -hmm. right? I I've had that before. And he asked me that question. And so yeah. in, in an instant, almost like in a sentence, he, he explained yeah. to me the difference between vaping. I don't know about, he could get into, well, it has this chemical and it has this, or it does this. And he, or he could get, it's like, he just explained it, right? So that's one of the purposes of word picture is to simplify the complicated. Yeah. So think about what you need to explain that's difficult to explain, especially when you're in a virtual meeting, right? And you don't have the time and the luxury of time that you do when you're face-to-face -face of how do you quickly explain something that's complicated by using a word picture or an analogy or something that the customer understands and connect that to something the customer doesn't understand. Yeah, and, and like anything, write these down so that you can learn them. Eventually, they'll become habitual. I, I've actually heard, you know, the, the, the turkey bacon story you've told before, and I just love yeah. it because it's, it just lands. It's, it, it almost um, it brings out that emotion that, that, that comes from that time you tasted turkey bacon and went, yeah, it's, it's fine, but it's not bacon. And I imagine for a smoker, that's the same feeling that they had. It's so you get that, that same emotion. Well, that's, a, that's another good and probably more important, I don't know if it's more important, but as important reason yeah. to use word pictures is for people to change strongly held beliefs or make a major dramatic shift in their behavior, they have to emotionally experience the benefit. Yeah. You know, like I'll talk about, like we all believe we should save money. Yeah. We all believe that, but actually very few people do. Yeah. So they believe they need to save money, but few people actually do save money or save as much money as they think they save, need to yeah. save because they're just not emotionally connected to what it's going to feel like when they're 70 and broke. Yeah. And when, and so there's not that emotional. So emotions drive decision-making because that's really yep. kind of a simple truth. So word pictures are also a great way to get people to emotionally experience the benefit, like yeah. to get them, like if you can connect to something emotional, they're like, ah, I get it. Or that makes sense. Or that motivates me. So if you develop, so if you can develop some word pictures around either one, something they don't understand. And so it gives you a simple way to explain something or something they need to experience. And they're going, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. Yeah, I should wear my seatbelt or, you know, or I should buy that or I should do that or I should invest in that. But I'm just not that motivated. Then we, that's where a word picture can help create those emotions. Yep. Excellent. And we are to number six on our top 10 list. Number six, uh, build a discovery roadmap. Yep. Uh, okay, so this is so, and it, we're at six, so this is up there. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is just one of those basic selling fundamentals yeah. that most people have not developed. I, all sellers have developed a list of questions. Yeah, That's absolutely. not what I'm talking about. Yeah. What I'm talking about is a roadmap that basically is a framework for leading discovery. Right. So, you know, this this roadmap really just has two categories when you think about it. It's we need to understand the customer's point of view. Yep. And we can talk about that. We'll explain that and get into that for a second. And we also need to figure out what our recommendation is. 
right? So that's big and that we understand that, but that's kind of complicated. Yeah. When you think about what are all the things I need to know about the customer and what are all the things I need to know to be able to make my recommendation? Because a lot of times the customer doesn't know the best way to solve their problem. That's our role. Yeah. It's yeah. to lead them to a solution that's going to have a better way to solve their problem. So we need to build a discovery roadmap that's built around objectives. Here's what, here's the categories and here are all the objectives I need to uncover. And then what are the questions I want to ask to get that information? Right. So it needs to be objective oriented around the right categories. And that's what we need to look at when we're in a meeting. We're not going to be able to look at our questions. No, I know. But we can focus on our objectives. And that's something that most people just haven't done. Yeah. You just gave me PTSD, by the way, because back when my Kodak days, when I was going oh, really? to hire training, yeah, they, they you know, said, how would you run, and they didn't call it discovery, but how would you run an intro meeting, whatever they called it? Right. And, and I went in with my you know, pad full of 10 questions and I started right. firing away and it was very non-conversational. Right. And my coach, my trainer, I guess, <laughs> at the end when he was giving me feedback was like, you had great questions, but what was the cost of the machine gun approach you used to ask them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love and I was like, oh, yeah. am I, I getting fired? Like, <laughs> Am I getting fired? Meanwhile, you're thinking about a million things as this guy's watching you. Ask yeah, I know. So yeah, you, you, I love the idea of this, of the roadmap and having your objectives because that's, that's, that's a, you know, a crutch that you can use without having the specific, it's, it's like scripting something, right? You, if you script it, it sounds scripted, but if you have your key concepts and bullets that you want to accomplish and you, and you know that. your content, you're going to be much better off and, and building that roadmap makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And I'm, right. I, I've been, um, and I want to provide a little bit more help to, as you guys think about that roadmap, but I do want to make this point that, yeah. um, I've been, you know, in this same industry, for now 26 plus years, mm -hmm. I still need to review that discovery roadmap before every meeting or I will miss something. Yeah. You know, so, and, and your point about the 10 questions, discovery is fluid, but you yeah. can't control where the customer wants to go. If this is about the customer, you can either talk about what the customer wants to talk about, or you can talk about what you both want to talk about, but you can't talk about what you want to talk about. That's so to get them, <laughs> that's good. To get them engaged, you need to talk about what they want to talk about. But yeah, so yeah. you need a framework that kind of guides that. And so uh, here, here's what I would say about the, the customer's point of view. Just think of it as, and this is what helps me. I think of it as just a bridge. You know, they're, at, they're on one side of the, of the, 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 the canyon. Yep. And they have a destination to get to the other side of the canyon. And they've got to build a bridge there. So when I think about it, I think, okay, where are they now? What's their current state? Where do they want to go? And then what's their bridge or perspective on how to get there? And then what are their problems, you know, in getting there? What are they concerned about? So that's, yeah. to me, their point of view. Where are they now? Where they want to go? What's their plan to get there? And what's their problem? Um, that's how I always think about that. And then, and then that's great. That whatever they tell me is great. But then I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, what do, what do I need to know to determine what I would recommend? And so they're not going to share all that. So then I come back and I have my list of things. So that's kind of the way to think about how to build that roadmap. Yes. No, that's, that's very helpful. And an interesting segue to maybe number five, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's a, good, it's a good point. Number five, develop a formula to solve the customer's problem. Yes. Yes. Okay. So get, this is kind of one of those basic 
when you think about it, everybody goes, of course. Yeah. But it's actually rarely done. So the customer has a problem and almost, I don't know what the percentage is. I would say over 80% of the time, you might solve a portion of that problem. You don't yep. solve the entire problem. That's yep. norm. You, you have a, you have a piece of the bridge kind of back to you said, like you said, this is related. Like you, you offer a part of the bridge, but the bottom is they've got to solve a problem. Yeah. You know, when I moved into this house, we inherited a pool and it had problems, you know, it had an old concrete, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, deck and yeah. we wanted to put, we had, to, it had cracks in it and yeah. part of it was new and part of it was old and we wanted to cover it, but that meant we had to do something with the pool and the pipes had to change and, I don't want to get into all that, but the point is we just got stuck for probably two years because every time we meet somebody, they would do part of it, but they didn't do the whole thing. Yeah. So we just didn't know what to do. And finally one guy came out named Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason I was home that day when I knew Fabio was coming over. Yes, of course you were. Hello, Fabio. And Fabio in, in literally in 30 minutes told me all the, the five things that need to happen to fix my pool. And we literally signed up the next day. Now, Bobby yeah. only did two of them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But he basically had, he's like, here's the, for you to get what you want, you need to do these five things. Here's the formula for success. Yeah. And yeah. so he explained it to me. I followed Fabio. He did his two things and I moved forward. And so whatever your customer wants, you know, there's a recipe. You know, if you want to make a cake, it's flour, sugar, water, yeah. eggs, whatever that, you know, like you may only sell the eggs, but they need to know how. So develop your recipe or your formula for success. Study your customer's problem. How are other people solving the problem? What's the best practice? And build your formula so that you can be the person that comes up with the best way to solve their problem and be that trusted partner. Yeah, it's good. I know we, we, I've used this line a lot of times when I'm talking to, to clients or prospective clients, but you know, a lot of this is common sense, Yeah. but it's not common practice. It's and not, yeah. it, it's, it, it's true. So that's, you know, having that, that, that recipe, as you call it. Um, and Fabio obviously does this every day of his life. And when he got, when he saw your pool, he knew, okay, these are the five things. I know this okay. because I do this every day. You do this once in a, lifetime probably right. <laughs> or, or, or once every 20 years and, um, and let me guide you, which is, this is exactly what we're doing as salespeople, right? Well, and this is the biggest benefit is people will, people, the price will go away. Yeah. I no longer cared about the cost of what Fabio is providing. Yeah. I now is solving my problem of fixing my pool and we moved forward and yep. that's, that's what you want. You know, that's, that's the benefit to you but people are just too focused on their, their part of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and now's the time to, now's the time to, to, to figure that out. Absolutely. All right. We are to number four on our list of number four. Yep. And I think this is very This is very relevant to, to, to what we're facing now in the, in the virtual world is we need to lead this, the, the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. um, now I know that's something I'm sure a lot of people have heard. Another way you could say this is we need to challenge the decision-making process. So that's changed the customers. It's new for the customers to figure out how to buy all these solutions yep. and not meet face to face. So they're coming to the table and saying, I think we should do it this way. We should meet for an hour and talk about this, or we should go do this. Or we, and most sales reps are saying, okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're going, well, I don't know if that's really going to work. And I don't really know what you need. And I don't really, I need to, learn more right and so we're just kind of saying yes to a 45 minute virtual meeting with without the decision maker yeah 
or we, we're saying yes to a meeting where we don't have the information, or we're saying yes to a phone meeting without the virtual meeting where we can't see people, or we're saying yes to demoing a product when we know there's no way it's going to be the successful demo because we don't have the information or they don't have the product. We're just kind of saying yes. This is where we need to stop, step back and say, and this kind of connects to, to um, number eight where we talk about define your sales process. Yeah. We need to define what's the process they need to go through to evaluate your solution. And when they deviate from that process, we need to stop and say, let me tell you why it's your best interest to change that. Yeah. And yeah, I, we, I've we've seen this fail, times. right? Yeah, I, I multiple, many times early last year was like, okay. And then we would realize, oh, well, this isn't working. Mm. Or I thought you meant that, but now you mean that. So this is, it's new for the customer. Yeah. They haven't done this either. So they're coming up with their best. Yeah. You know. Well, and this, this is where it all comes back to what, what is your motive, right? If your motive is to help them, then you don't feel out of bounds making a suggestion that you know is in their best interest because, again, yeah. you do this every day and they do this once in a while. And, and so, you know, it's in their best interest in theory for them to listen to you. And it won't work 100% of the time, but you also won't waste a lot of time going to a demo where you have no chance of winning because you don't know enough information. Exactly. And I think what gives us the confidence to communicate to them why they need to do something different is to be able to answer the question why. Yeah. The reason I'm recommending this is because, not because because you're like, I don't feel good about this. Yeah. Or I'm not sure how I can, I don't sure I can show you my product or show you my solution if you do it that way. That's not motivating to the customer. Right. But if you can say, hey, we found that in order for you to make this decision or evaluate this solution, you need to do this, this, and this. Do you agree with that? Yes. Well, therefore, we're not going to be able to get that done if we only spend 30 minutes doing this. Right. If you don't agree with that, but this is what I found. And so if you continue to position in a way um, that's helpful to the customer and take the time to craft that message, craft the process, craft the message, then you'll feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we t when we talked about... Um you know, the, the word pictures earlier, success stories are another one. Have a book of success stories right. where you've been through this process and how it turned out by actually following a process like what you're recommending. So, yes, um, you know, you, 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 that's where the preparation comes in for all of this stuff. All right, we are up to number three. Number three. I feel like we should have some music or something. Or I feel like we should too. Yeah. That was a bad miss yeah. on my part. <laughs> well, I'm not complaining, Scott, because you know you're my favorite podcast producer. Absolutely. Oh, uh, aficionado. <laughs> the only one you know personally, though. It is, you are probably the only one. That, um, that's not true. That's not true. Um, number three. And I, um, I don't know where I learned this, but somebody taught me this. I don't remember. I'd like to give them credit. But um, don't accept defeat. Mm -hmm. Right. There are two kinds of people. Yeah. <laughs> this just reminded me of a story. There's people that say can't and there's people that say can yeah. I can figure this out. Yeah. And I feel like, man, we're never going to hit our number this year. They're both right. I, I remember me. I remember a can't guy. Yeah. Uh, this is before the invention of the internet. Okay. So this is before Google. This is before the internet. And the guy said, I don't think you can be a successful entrepreneur. Everything's been invented. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the, this is in the early nineties. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't know if I believe that. I think there's a lot to be invented. I mean, this is before, yeah. this is the I mean, world this is before the internet. That's all. Yeah. I'll just say that. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. And so he, you know, he kind of was stuck and other people have, you know, gone to, you know, then there's, there's 
um, Musk. What's the first first name? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Elon. That's his name. His first name. So there's also you know making that more relative relevant to salespeople. When you look at your when I look at or talk to sales leaders and reps, there's people going, we're going to figure out a way to get more meetings. Yeah. And there's other people like, we can't get meetings. Yeah. And they're, and they're both right. I'm, I, and we're hopefully we're going to have this guy on our podcast, but I, I met with a guy a couple of weeks ago and so inspiring for me. And he has four sales reps on his team. He works for a large, um, one of the largest insurance companies probably in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their kind of selling style was to walk in buildings, wander around, meet people, and they can't do that anymore. And so there's a lot of reps going, well, we can't set appointments. We can't meet with new business owners. They like calling small business owners. And, um, and this guy's like, no, we're going to make phone calls. We're going to adapt. We're going to adjust. We're going to call people. And therefore, their team of four is setting more appointments and hitting their number when the organization is down by 30. I think it's about 30%. And he's outforming organizations with four times the number of reps. Yeah. Just because he's like, we're going to adapt. We're going to yeah. figure this out. And um, so that's my number three. I love that. Um, I think it was a line in the movie uh, Blindside when when um, the main character Michael yeah. Orr was, was trying to learn. I don't know some subject, and the tutors. He said, "I can't learn this." Yeah, and she said, "You mean I can't learn this yet?" Right. Yet. Perfect. Exactly. Right. So you can't learn it yet. Don't, mm-hmm. but don't give up, right? This is the whole thing. We're, we got to try a different way to teach it to you. That's all. We have to adjust the learning. So I think that's a great, it's a great lesson is don't give up. Don't say it's impossible. Have a, have a, it's possible attitude and you will eventually solve the you problem. Will, and I know that's, I know that's like, you know, motivational speaking 101. And, yeah. and that's, you know, that's the posters you see in the room, but it's, it really is true. And we have to sometimes stop. I remember I used to say this to my children as they were growing up. I would always say, Stanfields don't say can't, they say how. Mm-hmm. And, I like that. And, yeah. And so it's just, it's just a good reminder. I'm sure all the listeners know that, but it's a good reminder to know people are successful. Find them. Find, emulate what they do and, and, and make a decision to, to, to not participate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, we are coming in on the home stretch here. We have number two. Number two, number two. I love this one. Become a student of the decision makers whiteboard. And this, yeah. this kind of like encompasses a lot of things that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But the whiteboard really is the customer's point of view. Like yeah. we talked about, this is the stuff they care about. What do they want? What are the challenges related to their role? Um, you know, what, what, what are the top three things they're responsible for. How do they get a bonus at the end of the year? What do they read? Who's their favorite um, thought leaders? Mm-hmm. Um, how do they advance in their career? I just everything become a student of your, of, of your decision makers whiteboard. Uh, what, what's, what's, what's the role? What do they do? And I, I don't really need to obviously repeat all that, yeah. but um, there's so many benefits of that. It, it, it allows you to get a meeting because you can position the reason that you're, you want a meeting based on what's on the decision maker whiteboard. It creates engagement in meetings because you can start sentences with because you, because people in your position typically, um, you know, it allows you to nail your presentation because you know what to present, you know what to carry, you can anticipate. There's just so many benefits. If you, if you can think, like you think about sales reps who used to be in the role, you know, like, oh, I used to be in this role and now I'm selling to that same role. They usually kill it. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that makes tons of sense. Yeah. They, they know what, and so, so, 
and here's the thing the decision maker that you're calling on is really their world is very limited to their to their you know inside their company if you're yeah. calling on hundreds of companies and the same kind of decision maker and you keep learning and you share you have you might have more knowledge about the role than they do yeah oh, that's so good. that's just a simple but i think that's that's number two I do like that because it does summarize a lot of what we've talked about with the point of view and so on of the customer. But let's move to the crown jewel of the list. The number one tip on improving closing rates in 2021 is? Find a coach or mentor. Mm. Find a coach or mentor. Yep. People that are successful, the most common characteristic of people that are successful is they seek feedback. Mm Mm-hmm. But they also know, and this is the analogy, word picture that we use, is that we all have a sign above our head. Yeah. Right. And we can't see it. But everybody we interact with on a consistent basis can see the sign. Yeah. And by the way, the sign's not just gaps. The sign is also about the things that we're, you know, things that we're really good at, like our That's hidden talents that we that we like, I don't really know if I can do that well. And they're like, no, you really do that well. You need to leverage that. Yeah. So your sign can be talents, hidden talents, or it can also be gaps that you're just not aware of. And I still find things on my sign all the time. And so people that are successful, the number one thing is you invite people in because it's less painful when you invite them in and ask them to give you feedback and coach you on what's on your sign. So it's not just, and when I say coach or mentor, it's not just they're revealing to you gaps like the, the, the trainer that you mentioned at Kodak, <laughs> yeah. but they also help you bridge the gap. Yeah. There's been a couple of areas where I've been stuck for 20 years and I finally in 2019, I think, in 20, I hired a coach. Yeah. And it, is, it has changed my world. It's like I am now not stuck in that area anymore. Yeah. And I waited 20 years, but I finally hired a coach in this area, and it's, it's, it's changed. And so, you know, the information that we need to get to where we want to go is available to us if we, if we will seek it. It's a, it's a good point. And if you, if you pick the right people in that role, people that care about you, you're right. They, sure. they care about giving you the right feedback and not, not going to, what's the right word, not going to hold back because they love you. They're going to tell you so that you can improve because they love right. you. Yeah, that's great. But yeah. And the cool thing is you get to pick, uh, you know, and you want to pick somebody who's already accomplished it, right? You want to pick somebody that's already achieved what you want to achieve, somebody that you trust. Yeah. Um, you know, so I would just say, and it might be, if you're a rep, it might be your manager. Um, yep. It may not be. It may be another rep. It may be, but, but just like, I guess, the, just to repeat it, just seek. Yeah. Seek. Love it. Well, that concludes the top 10 tips on improving mm-hmm. closing rates in 2021. Make sure you uh, kept copious notes during that, but if not, there, there'll be a blog that will follow and I'm sure uh, will be ultimately helpful as well. So Tom, anything else before we uh, let these folks go today? No, we just, uh, just challenge everybody to, um, as we've talked about, up their game because good is not good enough anymore. You know, some of the things we've talked about are mindset that are just yep. easy shifts that we can make and go, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can, I can, I can make those quick shifts. I can stop and, and rethink if you need to. But some of the things we've talked about are knowledge, and that's going to take some work, right? And some of them are related to skill. Um, and so in everything that we do, and this is something that I've, I've thought a lot about, in everything we do, 
you know, any endeavor, there's levels of abilities, right? There's the pro and there's the hobbyist. You know, yeah. there's the, you know, there's the amateur and then there's again a pro or there's yeah. the elite and there's people that just kind of, yeah. you know, little, you know, there's just the levels, right? And I think for years we could be okay or average in sales, especially if we've got a great product and the need was high and the internet, you know, people couldn't uh, get what they want on the internet and there weren't so much information that people were distracted. We could, you know, good enough work. Yeah. It, it, and good enough is not going to work anymore. We got it. We've got to develop the advanced skills to sell. And so yeah. just want to encourage people to like be a pro, like think about the levels. Where are you? And, and figure out what it takes to be elite at what you do. And, and I think that's what's required to be successful. He's Tom Stanfill. He is the CEO at Aslan Training and Development, and he is amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much for, uh, for the time. Guys, uh, get out there and share the podcast. Make sure you download it. We want to get this to as many people as we can, and the numbers are growing, and we appreciate that. Make sure you uh, drop a comment on LinkedIn of uh, topics you want to hear, and we'll, uh, we'll get after it in future weeks on on the on the pod so uh thanks for joining and we'll see you in another week on ales with aslan